0: I feel like we should do fireworks on the night of the third and then you have the day of the fourth off to do your during the day barbecues and stuff. Because I feel yeah. like you have the whole day you're doing barbecues. You're, you know, most people are probably having a few adult beverages. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, you're out in the sun, you're by the pool, you're maybe in the ocean
1: Ugh.
0: and then the fireworks come at night. And then the next day, the fifth, if it's like, if the fourth is on a Wednesday, like this year, it, well, this year was on a Tuesday. So like the next Wednesday, like going to work sucks. Um,
2: oh, it really, yeah. I hate the fourth when it lands on a weekday. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I, I can't do it. We get the day of off. So it's nice if it lands on like a Friday or a Monday because mm-hmm. we get that day off. If it lands on a Thursday, we'll get Friday off, which is very strange. But because it's on a Tuesday, I'm like, well, why don't we get Monday off <laughs> Yes, it's just nice. but it's fine uh, you know it's the kids enjoy it i think more than i do these days anymore mm-hmm. it's just kind of another day for me which maybe that makes me sound unpatriotic whatever but it's just like okay <laughs> drink drink some barbecue and fireworks like it's fine mm-hmm. i kind of would rather stay home and drink at home yeah
3: <laughs> i don't i don't mind the fireworks it's the large groups of people that
2: mm-hmm. are, it's too many people uh, particularly fond of Yeah.
0: Circling back on something that I said before, a little peek behind the curtain. This episode, if you're listening to it, it is either July 5th or later. We are recording a few days ahead of time. But welcome to the final episode of season one of The Canon. We made it through our entire first season with only a few hiccups. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ramon and RJ are back for this uh, very special final episode. We are, of course, talking about Jaws. That's why we're starting with 4th of July, sort of tradition, stories, all that all that good stuff. Um, because obviously, Jaws takes place around the 4th of July. So it's kind of super fitting. And we're back with more Steven Spielberg talk, the king of the summer blockbuster. And this is maybe the first uh, summer blockbuster, but I guess we can get into all of that stuff in a little bit. In terms of I don't really have any major traditions or anything for Fourth of July, but there was—I think my most memorable Fourth of July is memorable for the wrong reasons. I—I <laughs> I ended up working all day one Fourth of July. I was at a—so maybe in like my mid-twenties—and I was at a buddy's house for a barbecue. So all my friends were there, and they're eating hamburgers and hot dogs, and you know, drinking Budweisers and stuff. And I was sitting there in the corner with my laptop out you know, trying to send out emails (laughs) and and whatnot. And uh, yeah, it was probably the most memorable for a bad reason, but still a memorable 4th of July.
2: Oh my gosh. That does not sound enjoyable at all. (laughs) No. So you Uh, were with your friends, but working.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So I had some hot dogs. I had some hamburgers.
2: Were they giving you any crap for that?
0: They definitely were giving me <laughs> a lot of crap for it. <sighs> uh, that's awesome. I also have I have a good friend who every Fourth of July he will recite the speech from Independence Day. Oh, that's amazing! Um, I love oh it. My God. So I did. Yeah. I did close my laptop for that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's that's great. That's yeah. a great movie. I'm gonna. I feel like that's gonna be a new tradition for me. I'm gonna start that this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Are you going to recite it yourself or will you get someone else to?
3: I think I'll, I think I'll do it myself. Nice. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then pass it and on to the kids. And, j- you just know.
3: so that my kids can be like, what is wrong with you?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no. They're going to be like, oh my God, mom. That was so inspiring. Did you just come up with that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you, you take credit for it show. until they're old enough to watch Independence Day <laughs> or have already seen it.
3: Oh, you know what? I don't, I don't know if we've watched Independence Day.
2: It's such a fun huh. movie. I
3: have, it's a great I have to.
0: Movie. Yes. Not in the canon.
3: It is
2: very no, shockingly.
0: Very That's shocking. Somebody I, I never watch Independence Day on Fourth of July. I do.
2: I I don't know if they still I do actually, it.
0: A lot. I do of, try to watch uh, it Independence Day every year. <laughs> it's a good It's a good day to watch it. Obviously. I used to watch like the Twilight Zone marathons on the 4th of July, which is not like a very 4th of July show. I just remember that there were always uh, there were always marathons.
1: Still a great show.
0: Still a great show. And yeah. if I wanted to like avoid the heat and not go to a barbecue or something, I would just sit in the AC and watch the Twilight Zone all day.
2: That sounds, that sounds like-, like a nice thing for me. Just sitting yeah. in the air conditioning watching a really great right. show, Marathon.
0: Yes. I mean, I, we should be able to do whatever the hell we want to do on Independence Day, and right? You know what?
2: If you would have asked me what, I'd, what I would want to do on 4th of July like hmm, 20 years ago, I'd be like, oh, let's go out. Let's go to barbecue. Let's go downtown or whatever. And now I'm just like, mm-hmm. me, like do we have... Even with the fireworks, like, come on. <laughs> the sun has already yeah. set. It's like almost 10. And we have to get up and go somewhere.
0: We have to go but, to work tomorrow. Bro. Yeah,
2: I have to work. It's a work night. Like, I have to work tomorrow. It's just yeah. so sad. A but, <laughs> yes, it'll be like 95 even when the sun sets. And uh, God, I sound like a curmudgeon. Whatever, it's yeah. fine.
3: <laughs> I really feel like the founding fathers could have picked a better time of year. To- like, like,
2: why don't they just do, like, okay, well, we. We gained our independence on this day, but Independence Day can be celebrated on the first Saturday of every June, and the first Saturday in June, like they do with Thanksgiving. It's the third Thursday in November, I think, (laughs) or is it the fourth Thursday? (laughs) I can't remember, but just give us a set holiday on the weekend or on a Friday so we don't have to go to work the next... Well, a lot of people probably still have to work on the weekend, but me specifically so I don't have to work the next day. Give us
0: a long weekend. Yes. That's all we're asking for is a long weekend.
2: How are we going to really celebrate this country's greatness and independence in one day? It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Nothing says freedom like, you know. Not working. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Being able to do whatever the hell you want to do. You're not forced to go see fireworks or, you know, be out in the hot sun at a barbecue.
2: Yeah. Just- it's your if, freedom to do what you want to do on exactly this, this our day of independence.
0: <laughs> and it's also our freedom to not have to work the next day. So yes. let's make it a long weekend and everyone will be happy. <laughs> I feel like that would, I, I'm no politician, but I feel like that would solve a lot of our, our country's issues if we make the, if we make the a long weekend,
2: unless a beach is closed because of great shark, great white shark attacks, then you do not have the freedom <laughs> To do what you want and go swimming.
0: Just don't do it. Well, even if even if the beaches are open, you don't have the freedom to do what you want to do because you have some scumbag mayor you know, <laughs> pushing you into the water, essentially. <laughs> that guy. It's,
2: it's just it, there's, it's a no-win situation.
0: Why don't you get in the water? The whole time I was thinking, why don't you get in the water, you jackass? Right? Why don't you take off your silly blazer? And go, why don't go you for a go first swim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lead Set by example. example. Yeah. Wow.
2: Um. All right. I <laughs>
0: think I feel like with he does that does a
3: really good job of representing politicians, though. That's
2: it. It, it really oh, yeah. does. It really does. And yeah. it, watching this movie again, it's we're closing down. We need to close down the beaches. You're going to have people are screaming about it's their right to swim, and then if you keep the beaches open, you you're going to have People who are how could you do that? Why don't you close the beaches? It's just, I felt I felt for Brody. It was really no win situation for him.
0: Yeah, it really was. Yeah, it's like an oddly very political movie. Um,
2: it's very relevant. Mayor just like today, just
0: forcing just, forcing I, his I will like, on everyone.
2: Uh huh.
3: <laughs> I yeah. feel like there's a subtle media cover up. You know, because I'm thinking <laughs> if I knew someone got eaten by a shark, I'm not going in the water. I don't care how many other people are getting in the water. Correct. Yeah, you know, but but then they've got you know the the newspaper out there taking pictures. Oh, we got you know we killed the shark. It's look at the pictures Ugh. in the paper.
1: Mm, yeah, it's a lie and you and know?
3: nobody wants to hear from the scientist who says, "No, that's not the shark."
2: Fake news. It's not Fake real. News. <laughs> I don't believe yeah. what my eyes are showing me.
0: It's uh yeah it's it's hard to ignore all of the parallels to. Uh, some more recent times yeah, of uh, of things that have happened, not shark related, but certainly somewhat similar <laughs> in the name of, you know, keeping small businesses alive, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: eventually, you know, really ruining their bottom, their bottom line because uh, I don't think anyone's going back to Amity next summer, the summer after this movie takes place. No. That would be my not guess. for a
2: while. Unless they you need know? a sequel.
0: I've never seen the sequels.
2: <gasps> mm. yeah. I've seen I've seen one, and that was don't, that was enough. Don't watch the sequels. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I don't know if I need to. Well, I,
3: I've I've seen. I think I've seen all of the sequels, but the second one I've watched probably several times, and the other ones I've seen once or twice.
2: There's only one that I've seen, and I don't know which one it was because I was again very young and probably shouldn't have seen it. And all I remember is I think it was Brody's son gets his arm chopped off or like eaten before he dies oh, and nice. he's on a boat i don't i don't know if that's two or three but i'm sure it's one where the the shark has some vendetta against his family is <laughs> tracking them down um, i can't that, I, I don't know which one that is i think Ugh. that's just revenge <laughs> that's probably it so i saw that one <laughs> that's the only scene i remember and it still gives me the heebie-jeebies so how many but sequels was, are there Oh, uh, that's a good
3: question. Like, right. way more than there should be. Uh, that is the answer. The,
2: yeah, yeah. The there's. I don't know that there's any good sequel for Jaws. It's not like you know Jurassic Park. We're like, oh, this one was pretty good. Whatever. Um, I think all of the Jaws sequels were garbage. Um, and I, I should, I, I guess I can't really say that about all of them since I didn't see all of them. But I think there's. I'm looking right now. There looks like there's three sequels. Two 3D and the Revenge. I don't think Jaws 2 is bad. You know?
3: It's not I mean it's not as awesome as the first one, but it's not it's not bad compared to the other sequels.
2: <laughs> Did you see three D?
3: That is the one where they're at it's like a water park, right? With Dennis um, Quaid, yes.
2: Dennis Quaid is in that one? Oh.
3: Dennis Quaid.
2: Was that straight to Leah video? Thompson.
3: I don't know i don't know yes it it takes place if it was 3d
0: right yeah
2: yeah. you're right you're right but i wouldn't put past anybody to release a 3d on (laughs) (laughs) pages but yeah it's a a a water park Um, yeah it's
3: like a sea world kind of park that somehow a massive shark gets stuck in and people can't find it i i yeah
2: and, and Jaws the Revenge had Oscar winner Sir Michael Caine, who missed actually accepting his Oscar because he was filming Jaws the Revenge. That that's was obviously amazing. a
0: good
3: move.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure he thinks about that quite often. And probably that's a wonderful not, not piece <laughs> of trivia. Yeah. so
0: That's yeah. so cool. Not cool. That's so <laughs> funny. That's so funny. It's such a
2: shame. Why didn't yeah. you get your Oscar? I was filming I was, a movie. Was, Which movie? <laughs> Jaws. The Revenge. <laughs> God. Poor Michael Caine. It's okay.
0: A a less fun piece of trivia about Jaws. This was one of my parents, if not their first date, it was one of their very early dates. And Aww. it scared the living bejesus out of my mother. And yes. I don't think she's been in the ocean since. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. I need to
0: talk to your mom. We can have a support group.
3: (laughs) Like that's probably a, you know, a common story.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That movie was very traumatizing. My parent, one of my parents' first dates was singing uh, the exorcist and my my mother begged my, yeah. My mother told me she begged my dad and begged my dad to take her to see the exorcist. And he took her to see the exorcist. And he tells me on the way home, she was screaming and crying and, asking him why he took her to see that movie <laughs> 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 they're still married <laughs> so it's good but she's like i don't remember that but he's like yeah she did she yelled at me
0: <laughs> that that's wonderful yeah oh my god uh rj do you have any <laughs> good uh, early first story
3: but there there's a a family story about my mom and my aunt uh my my dad's sister going to see uh, the amityville horror
2: oh and, yeah mm-hmm. yeah
3: and i is uh, the way i understand it i believe that my mom ended up in my aunt's lap like <laughs> <was so> terrified. <laughs> isn't
2: that great i love stories <laughs> like that people just get completely wigged out in these movies i love it
3: yeah she loves scary movies though she yeah. doesn't matter really how much they scare her she still loves some him. people
2: love being scared and some people just they can't handle it and you know no. I, I do love I, being scared
3: I enjoy the Jaws and the Jurassic Park level of scared I do not enjoy true horror movie kind of scares I yeah had the stupid idea to one Halloween I asked my brother we didn't have anything going on It's like let's go see the grudge <laughs> oh jeez, this- yeah I don't like scary movies, but I thought this would be a great idea, and it was not. It was not a great idea,
2: you know. After I saw The Grudge, I was checking under my blankets a lot. Like I was like, why? <laughs> why? Why do I watch these movies right before I go to bed? But I like those kind of scares. I'm not big on like the I don't know, like the really gory Saw kind of horror movies. Mm-hmm. But no. I I like Halloween because no. there's not a lot of gore in that one. Um, I I love the Screams franchise. Um, you know the conjuring those are the kind of like horror movies that i really enjoy i don't want to see somebody like at the final destinations my sister is obsessed with that franchise i'm like i can't i just don't have i don't want to sit down and watch two hours of really really creative ways of killing people i just just, to me it's not (laughs) scary it's not scary it's just yucky so i just don't watch them
0: so i think that's a kind of an interesting place for us to start because with Jaws. Right. It's, I kind of like a, a movie like Jaws because it's the scare, the scary stuff, it's avoidable. So, yeah. like, with supernatural scares or like uh, slasher scares, that's all stuff that's out of your control. If you're scared of being eaten by a shark, you can do what my mom does and you can avoid going <laughs> into the ocean.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I wanted to ask the question what genre would you classify Jaws under? Because it is a scary movie, but is it a horror movie? Is it a adventure movie? Is it an action movie? Um, how would you guys sort of define it?
3: I would say more thriller than horror, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, it, it kind of straddles the fence. I, I wouldn't necessarily say action.
0: Okay, so we'll leave we'll yeah. action. There are,
3: you know, not yeah, of guns and explosions, although there's some guns and explosions.
2: <laughs> there are there, Yeah, there is an explosion. But, I don't know. I feel like a lot with a lot of Spielberg's movies, it's hard to really lump it into one genre. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I would see it as a thriller. I think that in some way it is horror, but at the same time, I, it's hard to say. It's just oh, well, this is a horror movie, and that's it. But like you said, I think it is, and even adventure—is it really adventure? Because I don't know that yeah, these guys are having a lot of fun. <laughs> with this problem i hear adventure i think like the goonies and you know romancing the stone
0: venture out
2: that's true they do venture into the ocean so i mean i i i could give that a pass but i would say thriller you know even like kind of a drama in -hmm. a way um maybe one eighth adventure (laughs) because <laughs> the end. Um, yeah. But I, I wouldn't classify it as pure horror, which is what I really like about the movie is it's not, hey, do you want to watch Jaws as a horror movie? Because pe- so people who don't like horror, they're going to be like, no. Mm-hmm. But if you, be, if you say, hey, this is a really good thriller, you want to watch it, I think more people would be like, yeah, and they might actually enjoy it.
0: It's, it's not your flick.
2: typical, you know, bloodletting slasher yeah. flick.
0: Although the first scene is like pretty hardcore horror. Uh, the way it's shot and composed mm-hmm. and and everything Ooh. and like the way it plays out, it's like yeah. terrifying. But then it's sort of the movie kind of eases up from from there. It's a, a great opening.
2: It's a great uh, opening.
0: One of the best openings of any movie ever. I think we can yeah. say that, right?
2: It's oh, giving yeah. you, yeah. It's giving you that foreshadow it, and not. To, I I don't have any plans to keep running back to Jurassic Park, but the very first scene in Jurassic Park with the man who gets caught by the raptor and sucked into mm-hmm. the cage. And yeah. then it goes to Grant Nelly in the desert and it kind of eases back a little bit but you know there's something really dangerous and horrible that's going to happen. So and I see that with watching jaws again, I saw that in that first scene it's horrifying. More so than Jurassic mm-hmm. Park was. It's just it really it, it's almost disturbing to me. And then yeah. you get pulled you get pulled back into the, you know, setting up the the characters and everything before we go back to Jaws or the shark. Um, so that's what I love about it. It kind of like makes you tense and feel kind of gross inside. Not in like, a, oh, I can't believe I'm watching this, but kind of like that poor woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, everything's okay right now. So I love kind of starting with that tension and that suspense and just kind of like, we're not going to jump right into it, Anya, but you're going to remember what happened.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's going to be sitting with you for the rest of oh, the movie.
2: It really does.
0: Yeah. I think the scariest part of that opening scene is after she gets eaten, there's just a, a still shot of the, of water. the water. And mm-hmm. it's so like serene and peaceful. But you oh. know that you just witnessed someone getting brutally attacked. And, and then for the rest of the movie, whenever you see still water, you're like, I can't trust this. You're like, mm-hmm. it looks peaceful, it looks nice, but there it's it's not all that it's, you know, made out to be. There's I know there's something lurking down there. Yep. Yeah. Spielberg. That's why I but, don't uh, trust
2: any water anymore. Any wow. water. <laughs> if it looks nice, even a lake. I'm like, I don't know what's <laughs> under there. I don't I can't.
0: <laughs> Something's lurking.
2: Yes.
3: I I think I, I watched or read something somewhere about the filming of that first scene. I don't recall specifically, but I, I think that the actress's fear and horror was pretty authentic. That that just filming it was mm-hmm. was pretty pretty scary. Her because they had her, like, they had like cables attached to her and they were just like yanking her. her back. Yeah, yeah.
2: Her reaction um, though, yeah, and I think that's what makes it so disturbing. It's not so much like the jerking her around it's her reaction to it her pain comes through very clearly just like her maybe that's what it is it's like her cries about how it hurts and oh my god it just it it sticks with you and you almost kind of want it to be over with so she can just (laughs) just just chop her in two so she's done like so she's out of this torture it is it's horrible
3: Um, And then you have the guy passed out on the beach that's...
2: Jackass boyfriend. Of course. And he's probably like, where'd you go? God. Idiot. Well, he wasn't even a
3: boyfriend. (laughs) It was like some guy that she met at the... Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because as they're running out there, he asks, you know, what's your name again?
2: Oh, that's right. Yes. Um, Oh. Idiot. Men. Men. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Sleeping through everything. (laughs) Brody's great.
0: Brody is not the worst, but the mayor. No. Oof. The mayor we
2: is the We talked about worst. him
0: before. The mayor is actually the worst. And we'll get to uh, Quint later, but mm-hmm. he's maybe somewhere in between.
3: Yeah.
1: That's all he I'll say about right.
0: for now.
3: He's not great, but I I, get, I do give him somewhat of a pass because I feel like this film is his, you know, he's working out, or the character at least, is working out some pretty serious trauma.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So, <laughs> for you know. sure.
0: Well, so is Brody. Let's talk about Brody for a little bit. Because Brody's a great character. And he's also definitely working out some trauma. And I guess sort of similar to how Spielberg doesn't really show the shark a lot mm-hmm. throughout the movie. You just know that it's there. Kind of doing the same thing with Brody and his trauma. Like we know that something happened. We know something happened in the water. We know there's a reason he left New York City, mm-hmm. but it's never, we're never given like really anything. It's just sort of hinted at throughout. And I feel like that sort of mystique makes Brody so much better throughout the movie or such a more enjoyable character throughout the movie.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the pretty reluctant hero. And I like that, we're, like you said, we're not really privy to the specifics of it, but. Oh, the actor is Rob, Rob, um, Roy, Roy, Roy Schneider. Scheider. I almost Roy said shider. Rob Schneider. God, Roy <laughs> Schneider. Oh, sorry, Roy. I'm so sorry. Shy- but uh, sh- sh- it's With a, yeah. Roy Scheider.
0: Roy Schneider. This would be a very different Roy Schneider is that? not
2: Rob Schneider. Roy Schneider. <laughs> anyway, back to it. He's such a great actor. Like well, he projects. Rob
3: Schneider <laughs> no,
2: yeah. If there's a, should we recast I'm this movie for. <laughs> But Roy, Schna- Roy Schein, God, the actor who plays Brody, is so good at <laughs> portraying that trauma in such a way that he just seems so—I don't want to say downtrodden on everything, but mm-hmm. he's very reluctant, like you said, to be a hero.
0: Yeah. He's yeah, he's not like your classic stoic hero. He kind right. of has—he has some pain in his eyes. He seems like he's always tired. He's getting berated from all sides at like every point in the movie. And you can see him just like, he just sort of like listens and takes it all in, whether it's the mayor, the townspeople, his wife, he's just sort of like, he just like nods through it all. But he mm-hmm. do- but he also has like a really strong face.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, he has a very
0: authoritative face. So even though he looks kind of sad and he gives you those puppy dog eyes, you never yeah. feel like he's a weak character.
2: Right. Yes. Right.
3: Right. I, I like that. Because he does. He's, he's not a weak man, but he clearly has vulnerabilities.
1: hmm Yeah.
0: Um,
2: and he's probably I, extremely just, I mean, like you said, he gets it from all sides. And it's almost, I don't want to say he's like a defeated man. He's trying, mm-hmm. but God, that's exhausting. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, he just always like, seems exhausted.
2: Yeah. It's like, yeah. just trying yeah.
3: to save people from getting eaten by a shark and...
2: Trying to do the like right thing. Cares. And w- regardless of what he thinks the right thing is, somebody's going to be disagreeing with him.
3: Well, oh, I don't know. I don't want to jump ahead too much. Here, jump. But the scene the scene, Jump the shark. Um, where... Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well played. Um, <laughs> the scene
3: where the mom slaps him and, you know, takes out her, her you know, pain and... Mm-hmm. From her, her, son getting eaten by a shark, and mm-hmm. oh, that makes me so mad. Yeah, it wasn't bear the standing there. The bear standing there, going, "She's wrong." Well, yeah, she's wrong. It's your fault. Yeah, it's your <laughs>
2: fault. She should have been slapping your face.
0: God, oh, man, no
3: what? accountability for that guy.
0: Right? No, none whatsoever. Typical politician. You know, he makes all <laughs> he the bad things. He forces people into the water. There's literal blood on his hands from a from like a child's blood on his hands and he doesn't even he doesn't have the for lack of a better word he doesn't have the balls to you know take the blame for for what he did to be accountable you know he's uh he has no honor he has no he he deserves no respect and his suits look terrible Very <laughs> 70s. I forgot how serious this movie was. I was going
2: to say in the 70s, I re- they were probably very flashy, but yeah, they're yeah. really
3: bad. Glorious 70s. All of the fashion is gloriously 70s.
0: <laughs> this, like, a, like you watch a lot of classic movies and you're like, oh, you know, like it doesn't totally f- feel like it's stuck in a certain place and time. But this movie is way more 70s than I remember it being. You watch and you're like, oh, yeah, these people are like super, super 1970s. And it's awesome, you know?
2: Yeah. I don't know. There's something about that, though, that makes it seem very, I I don't want to say nostalgic because I was not alive in the 70s. But (laughs) there's something that adds a little, it adds a little bit of something to that film that it's Mm -hmm. very dated in terms of its era. So yeah. I enjoy it. You know, I'll watch some movies from the 80s and stuff. Where I'm like, this is a terrible movie, but I love the aesthetic of it because it's mm-hmm. so, so hor- like just the the hair and the the clothes and even the music. And mm-hmm. that alone will make me like a movie more than the actual like movie itself. Not that Jaws has that problem, but there's just something about the clothing and even like the, um, the cinematography to me is mm-hmm. kind of has that kind of, I don't want to say shaded, but that kind of. Oh, what kind of tone is that? I can't really think of it, but there's just something about the whole look of the movie, yeah, that really adds to like the the thriller feel of it to me.
0: It sort of feels like, and this is one of Spielberg's like early movies. This is really this is the one that put him on the map, obviously. but do you can tell that he's still sort of working some things out in terms of the voice of you know what kind of filmmaker he will eventually become? but there were moments where it kind of felt like like Brian De Palma could have directed this and like maybe Spielberg was hanging out with De Palma more in 1975 and he was taking more tips and stuff from him but it doesn't totally feel like a Spielberg movie or at least like what we would know Spielberg movies to become it definitely feels like still a little rough around the edges even though it's you know an absolutely incredible damn near perfect film
2: yeah, I could see that because it is very different from what he's doing today. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, I, I would say some of that has got to be attributed to the fact that just filming the movie was incredibly rough. So, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, he learned turned, a lot from it. Turned this. Out as, as, as polished as it looks, it's got to be a miracle.
2: Have, you, either, uh, have either of you seen are, Duel? Did you see have you ever seen Duel? His first, I know, was that oh. his first movie? His first movie. It's For a first time director, I mean, it's not a perfect movie or even like a really great movie, but it's pretty good. Like it's that movie alone, you can sense that he had a lot of talent for suspense and he, I think he did another movie after this and then Jaws. So I saw Duel several years ago for the first time. I was like, I can see now where that inspiration in Jaws came from in terms of building suspense. So if you ever have a chance to see Duel, I would, I would recommend it. It's pretty good. Nice. Yeah.
0: I will I will add it to to my watch list. An early recommend. Not an official yes. recommendation. Nin- Nineteen
2: seventy-one. Not not an official recommendation, but just a a, a remote recommendation.
0: <laughs> RJ, you mentioned that the filmmaking was kind of tough, like all the behind the scenes stuff. Uh I've heard a little bit about that, but I don't know if you have any other details or insight that you can share with us about the struggles that sort of went into the production filming making of this movie
3: um so i've just i've read things that about basically the technology seemed to be kind of against them the whole time i know they had a ton of problems with the shark which is i think part of why we don't see the shark for so long um mm-hmm. is that they just they couldn't get it to do what they wanted to while filming mm-hmm. um and by the way, do we? Does everyone know that the shark's name is Bruce? Because yes, yes. Bruce. I love it. It just, it just delights me. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but I I don't know. I've I've I don't know any specifics just off the top of my head. But I've just I just remember reading an article, and I may have watched like a behind the scenes thing at some point about how just kind of everything seemed to go wrong during filming, and it took. I think it took a lot longer than it was supposed to.
2: I think it and did still, too. Yeah.
0: We still I got a beautiful were, movie.
2: There was um I know that there was a threat of a screen actors guild um strike that year. Uh so they were pushing him to get it done um in, in like a month and a half before a potential strike happened, um, which I know made things more difficult too. And I think that it had a well, maybe in nineteen seventy five it was a it wasn't too small number but i know the budget was really small too like three million dollars um so when you have a shark that's not working (laughs) yeah everything seeming to go wrong on set it's really impressive that he was able to put together the film that he eventually put together
0: this is where this is where his legend is born this is you know every like we wouldn't have 80s cinema eighties movies, eighties pop culture as we understand it, without jaws working the way that it did. you know this is the first uh, the first puzzle piece for what ends up becoming one of the most celebrated careers in movie making history and it, yeah it really is spectacular that all of it worked out um, even with all of those troubles. It's also like if you just sort of read this movie on paper it probably shouldn't work that well. And I don't know, it ends up being really like really spectacular, but it's sort of like, it has like a weirdest ending. The plot is like, again, like Brody is like, there's a lot of mystery around him. You would Mm -hmm. think that your main character would maybe be a little bit more uh, fleshed out or drawn out. But even with all that stuff, like Spielberg still delivers one of the best movies ever made. Um, And like, By all accounts, this movie shouldn't work as well as it does.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I think all the things that went wrong on set maybe added to how good it ended up because they had to make so many changes. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Spielberg pulled back on showing the shark as much because the shark wouldn't work the way they needed it to. And I think that made it all the more scary not seeing it all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um,
3: Can you imagine if we saw the shark in, you know, like the second scene? Or something.
2: Uh huh. Uh -huh.
3: In the whole movie, you're just like, wow, that's, you know, know, there's a a really big shark out there.
2: Yeah. (laughs) You know, you don't really see much of it. And when you do see all of it, it's at the end, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's when you're like, holy shit, (laughs) that's a huge shark. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Which then brings that iconic line. But um, it works so well. The fear of the unknown is much scarier Mm. than seeing something face to face to me.
0: Yeah. Although seeing a shark face to face is, I scary. hope
2: I never do that. So I will not. I would. I wouldn't know, and I hope I never do. Just seeing them in pictures, I. I can't. I can't do it.
0: Yeah, it's fine. they're weird looking the, things.
2: They're yeah. even the baby ones. Ugh. look! They're horrible. Like
0: they're just strange looking creature. Eat
3: your face off. Oh
0: God. Ugh. What do you guys yeah. think it means about this movie that there are? Essentially, no other great shark movies they're barely good shark movies and there's like there's jaws and then there's everything else. I think we spoke I- about it during our Jurassic Park episode, but like there's like Deep blue Sea, which is like a, a <laughs> Not- fine movie, is like <laughs> top five maybe top three shark movie because there just aren't good shark movies,
2: yeah, it's True. When I. Was-
3: Go ahead. Trying to figure out recommendations, I uh, uh-huh. I was looking. Are there? Are there? Do I have I seen any other shark movies that are even <laughs> semi decent? Deep Blue Sea is the only one that I could come up with, but even that one is. I mean, you know, it's it's a fun movie to watch, but it's not a good movie.
2: It set the everything. bar so high. Yeah. In terms of, you know, like you mentioned earlier, probably being the first summer blockbuster. And Mm -hmm. being as popular as it turned out to be. And then not only that, but being as good as it was. um, Mm -hmm. That every filmmaker wanting to make a shark movie after that, that bar set so high. And I think so many of them strive to make it there. And just, you can't. I mean, if you try to mimic Jaws, it's already been done. So if someone's going to see another shark movie, be like, okay, well, I saw this already in Jaws. And Jaws did it better so I think these days making a shark movie is just about being as insane as you can be, AKA the mm-hmm. me- the Meg <laughs> kind of going for I... that. Re- yeah. Like just going re- to a ridiculous length to make something quote unquote different than all the other shark mm-hmm. movies. And it just, it doesn't work because there's something about jaws. That's just so simple. It's just a mm-hmm. shark in the water and it's hungry. And it's big and that's it. But Spielberg was Spielberg is unmatched. Like he's he takes that and he makes it so scary and suspenseful. And I just don't even the best directors today, I just don't know that they could make Jaws today. You just it's just you can't. You just don't touch it.
0: It's yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I can't I'm I, I was trying to think of like the specific aspects of Jaws that sort of sets it apart. You know, like I said, the characters are, they're not flat and two-dimensional, but they're, it's not like a character driven movie. The, th- the thrills are like, you know, that must be what, what sets it apart the way that the thrills are, are sort of set up and and the way that they play out throughout the movie. The pacing is really good in terms of like how much shark you're seeing when you're getting shark attacks and sort of what's happening in between all of all of that stuff. But it's really hard to find like a specific thing that. That sets this movie apart. Um, I guess it, it, part of it is just because it, it came first. So, you know, like you said, this is like the first blockbuster movie. Like blockbusters weren't really a thing before Jaws. You know, there were there were great big epic movies and things like that, but there wasn't like the movie that was like, oh, you know, you have to like go see this, you know, seven times with all of your friends. And you Mm -hmm. have to take different groups of friends and people are lining up around the corner outside of theaters uh, and all that stuff. So not only is this the only good shark movie, but it also ushered in like a new sort of era of Mm -hmm. movies and movie what and like the movie watching and the movie going experience, you know, now all of the biggest movies come out in the summer and it's all because of Jaws, you know.
2: Yep. It's so and wild still,
0: to, to think about.
2: They're still trying to recapture that magic. And I think that there have been some blockbusters that really got up there with the whole, you know, going with your friends, getting in line. You don't mm-hmm. really have to do that anymore uh, with reserved seating <laughs> and streaming. Yeah. But it's, I kind of miss that that era of wanting to get tickets and get there early because we want good seats. And you kind of mm-hmm. bond with everybody in line. And that hasn't happened. Yeah. In a really long time,
0: like the buzz of word of mouth, and yeah,
2: yeah, you
0: know, you you ride your bike over to your friend's house, and you're like, "Hey, I I just saw Jaws." You know, we got to go see it, and then you all ride your bikes to the movie theater, and you sit there, and you're sitting there, and you're just looking up at in awe, and you're scared shitless because (laughs) because of the (laughs) shark, and yep, you can't see it sometimes, and you do see it, and it's massive, and they're like, "We're gonna need a bigger boat." And you're like, yeah, yeah. you're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> of course you're going to need a bigger boat. Uh, well, it's just all wonderful.
3: So I think something that sets it apart from, you know, the other shark movies and even its sequels is that there is more realism yep. in yeah. Jaws. Like the shark is massive, mm-hmm. but it's not so massive that, you know, like, yeah, there are great whites out there that are really really big. Um, it's not a thirty five foot great white as I think happens in one of the sequels. Um (laughs) and and I I kinda disagree that it's not character driven. I think that the characters they're they're well written, they're well developed, and I think that without you know, without Brody and the actors all do a phenomenal job. Even the the mayor does such a great job job of being such a jerk. And and Quint, like they, they make the if it was, if what happens outside of the water was not done as well as it is, then the scenes with the shark attacking people would not be as impactful. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I think you agree, but I, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think you bring up a great point. I probably am wrong about the characters. I'm willing to, I'm willing to eat that. <laughs> and you mentioned Quint, and I think we should circle back on him i think we should i think we should have the quint discussion uh because he is like kind of makes the movie sort of like what you were saying without those scenes in between then the shark attack scenes don't really feel as impactful and i think the obvious most impactful out of water scene is when they are technically on water but when he's when he gives that that monologue about why he hates sharks
1: and yeah
0: it's eventually it's like essentially revealed to us that quint is in a revenge movie like he's <laughs> yep. in like quentin tarantino's jaws like <laughs> you know if you were making the movie it would just be all about quint and his vendetta against against uh, sharks so um, yeah, let's jump into to Quint. What else do you guys have on on him? His monologue and Quentin- weird and Quentin- kooky
2: Quentin Tarantino's Jaws, except it'd be called Kill Bruce um,
3: with with Rob Schneider starring as the sheriff. as the Rob. shark
2: Rob Schneider.
3: Um, I want to uh. see that movie, but uh, I, I feel like Quint's story adds. Such a different layer to the entire movie that without it, it would be just it would be more hollow. Because without, you know, okay, so Quinn Steele is he was on the USS and Indianapolis, which mm-hmm. delivered the bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima, and you know it was on its after it delivered the bomb, it was struck by two Japanese torpedoes and sank. Eleven hundred mm-hmm. men went into the water. Three hundred and what seventeen, I think, survived, and the rest mm-hmm. got eaten by mm-hmm. sharks. That mm-hmm. is the essential, you know, monologue. Oof. That is a true story, and it is trying not to cuss. It is terrifying. I cannot imagine the horror and and helplessness. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and if, I, I would want to spend the rest of my life killing sharks too. I think, <laughs> um, yeah, just just to you know get get one back for for all of the the friends that got eaten and
2: oh and he paints such a very clear distinctive picture of what they went through like during that monologue do you even breathe you know what i mean like you are sucked into the delivery of it i mean robert shaw was fantastic just Mm -hmm. his description and it's just like holy shit that's just that monologue, you kind of picture yourself in a situation that's so much more terrifying than what they're actually going through in that moment. Cause right now they're only dealing with one shark. And just imagine and in being a boat. out and they're in a boat. Like imagine just being stranded, nowhere to go, no one's there to save you. I mean, and you either drown or get eaten by sharks, like you're going to die. It's just it's horrifying and i think that's one of the best scenes in the movies like i i when i rewatched jaws i honestly i was just like holding my breath i had forgotten how good it was even yeah, the setup i mean it Alzheimer. goes
3: mm-hmm. like they're sitting there you know comparing scars and laughing they're drinking and it's you know they're actually kind of having a good time and then all of a sudden <laughs> it goes you know just dead still and he's recounting one of the most mm-hmm. you know horrible events that one can imagine and and he does it just whoever wrote it first of all Mm -hmm. i i you know this just the way it's written the way the the monologue is structured is is fantastic it is is phenomenal writing so good and the delivery is he's he's just he's spectacular
1: i and you really
2: are i
3: think he was drunk for most of the filming Oh, by
2: the way, <laughs> it works. <laughs> um very well. Yeah, yeah.
0: You have to be drunk for that. For you that the role. the same
2: character. Yeah. I think so.
0: Hooper's face during that monologue is amazing because that's totally how we feel as uh-huh. audience members. yep He was uh,
2: us in that moment.
0: Like you said RJ, like you're they're having fun, they're drinking, uh maybe they're singing songs at that point <laughs> and And then it it, it's weird, like you don't even see you don't even see the monologue coming, or you don't see that turn coming, and it just sort of happens, and you're totally taken aback by it. And then it feels like that monologue goes on for like five minutes, and you know, I mean, I watched this alone, but I was still like looking around. If there was someone with me, like I we, I feel like we would have looked at each other, like, "What the hell is going on? Like, what is this crazy guy saying?" And I feel like that's how Hooper and Brody are are looking at each other while this guy's speaking, like. Holy shit, that came out of nowhere and I was not expecting that. Total vibe killer.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah. Very sobering, very sobering. Also, so much makes sense right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's why That's why. Crazy. That's why yeah. he is the way he is. You know, that was originally a three-page like dialogue between all three of them and then they cut it down to just they turned it into a monologue for Robert Shaw. So i can't imagine i don't know how you tell that story in just dialogue mm-hmm. between the three characters after seeing just the monologue so i thought yeah. that was an interesting piece of trivia that they had three pages of him explaining the story to those two and they just shut, they trimmed it down and made it what it is and it's one of the most powerful scenes in the movie if not the most powerful scene in the movie
0: yeah uh, it, it's a, it's right so much call. better as a monologue yeah yeah what would the dialogue even be them going Uh, and then what happened
2: (laughs) right oh Oh, really really well well,
0: what happened next
2: yeah that's that's crazy man and i'm trying to remember because i read the book years and years ago and i'm trying to remember if that was in the book or not but i can't remember it's been so long and i didn't really enjoy the book so um i've never read the book uh, yeah robert shaw actually was not going to take the part of Quint because he did not like the book either um, but then his wife convinced him to to do it. So he did it. <laughs> so uh, women know everything. It's fine. Um, but I I found that interesting. I was like, well, at least I'm not the only one because the, the book is supposed to be this classic. Right. And I read it and I was like, what? <laughs> I, did, I did not enjoy it. The best part of that book are the last, I think, 100 pages when they finally get to the shark. So I'm not going to recommend that in our official recommendations. So do not read Jaws. Just watch, just the, watch movie. the movie. Just watch the movie. I think
3: I have it on my bookshelf, but I have never read it.
2: Eh, you're not missing much.
3: Well, that's good to know.
2: Yeah, they, they took <laughs> I the did, best- I did all these years. I was just- <laughs> <laughs> they took the best parts of the book and made the movie. It's very, I mean, it's very faithful to the to the book in terms of the shark. Um, I think in the in the book, there, Brody and Brody's wife and Hooper have an affair um and it's just there's a lot of yeah and that's actually a big part of the book i'm like why am i reading about this i don't know whatever so there's just a lot of they they really improve the characterization of the characters in the movie and obviously it's it's hard to convey a scary shark tale in a in written word i think um and for the most part when they're hunting the shark at the end it's really fun but the rest of the book i just i i prefer what they did with the movie. So. This is one of those instances where you can say the movie is better than the book.
0: That's what most book adaptations for movies should be. You should take a pretty crappy book and then turn it into a really good movie.
3: Yes. Yeah. Instead of taking Instead a really taking good, good a- book and turning it into a kind of crappy movie. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Exactly. What are
2: they going to learn?
0: <laughs> yeah. All of like all of the best movies are from crappy books. Uh, yeah. I always say that. Jaws. Yep. Like anything that Stanley Kubrick made is like, based on a book that not a lot of people love the godfather like jaws jurassic park like uh-huh. all the best movies
2: yeah take
0: a crappy book make a great movie
2: mm-hmm. it's,
0: it's perfect the formula is the right potential's there, there. You know? there yep so th- i feel like this movie is kind of it's kind of doing the vertigo thing where maybe not as pronounced as vertigo but it's sort of a tale of two movies like the first half of the movie and the second half of the movie could be two distinct movies on their own, but it sort of works perfectly. And I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Like, which half of the movie do you guys like more?
2: The last half. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I. Enjoyed- but I. Th-
3: oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. I was just say I think that the there's so much buildup of the first half that mm-hmm. it 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 makes the payoff at the end so much more enjoyable
1: mhm
3: and and scary and
2: oh yeah the first yeah. half you get the the suspense you know not seeing the shark a whole lot you get the the music which is also iconic oh, and yeah. but the end i mean it's out there you're 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 at war with this thing now and you get to see it and know what they're up against and it's just ugh. maybe it's cuz i have that shark phobia that it just makes it worse for me in a, in a way but I just think, like you said, the RJ, the payoff of all that build up is spectacular. It's just so good. It's hard to imagine saying, oh, well, this half is better than this half. I know I I prefer the second half just because everything's coming to, you know, mm-hmm. a conclusion, but it as a whole, it works so well. And that's that's the and I, I'm gonna say horror movie again, but to me that's the mark of a great horror movie is when you're building something, building to something worse than you've already seen. And you just have no idea what's going to happen. And my palms are sweaty. <laughs> and I'm ready to see how it's going to end. That's what makes it a, such a great. Horror slash thriller. Fi- thriller film for me.
0: Is there a scene in particular. That fills you with the most dread. Ugh. Or like the a single moment.
2: The opening scene with Chrissy.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And honestly. I I always close my eyes. When. They don't really show it, but I always close my eyes when the little boy dies, um,
1: yeah.
2: especially after becoming a parent like that. Yeah, that really I could. It's, I'm going to admit that I did fast forward that part last time I watched it because it's just it, it especially because I'm going to the ocean in September and my girls are old enough now to go out in the water by themselves that I'm just like, I can't do that because they'll never get to swim if I do that to yeah. myself. Um, but also the scene underwater when they find the head. The head floats up. Oh God. That yeah. And it's not, it's not even the best scene in the movie, but for some reason, when people say jaws to me, that immediately pops into my head because you don't know what's going to happen while they're down there. While he's down there, you don't know what he's Mm going to find. You don't know if that shark's coming for him. And then all of a sudden (laughs) there's a head (laughs) floating up there. It is terrifying. Ugh, that scene probably scares me more than most of the others because I just, I'm waiting for that shark to appear out of nowhere and it never does. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you know, he's been, you know, he's been there.
0: Mm-hmm. RJ, yeah. do you have a most dreadful scene?
2: Um, I,
3: so I'm with Ramona as a mom. To me, the most dreaded scene is, is when the little boy dies and it, they actually, I just rewatched it this morning and I guess I probably look away most at that part because mm-hmm. I didn't realize that you you actually see the blood and more the, yeah well and you yeah. see him like coming up out of the water and yeah. you know flailing and and Oof. oh god it's horrible So yeah I the other scenes scene are really scarier mm-hmm. but That's that horrible. one is just more heartbreaking to me Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I think the worst part about that scene is that to me that might be some of the best directing that Spielberg is doing in the entire movie. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, Steven, you son of a bitch. Like (laughs)
1: the,
0: the way that it's the way that it's like the editing in that scene is incredible because you have people walking by Brody. And at first, every time someone walks by the next cut will be a little bit more zoomed in on Brody. And then you have someone walk by and it would cut from Brody's face to the people in the water And then someone would walk by and it would cut back to Brody. And like the way that Spielberg is using people passing the screen to cut between the people in the water, Brody's face, the mom's face, it's it's just like a total masterclass. And he's totally building the dread. And then you start to hear the music. And that's the first time that you hear that sort of cue to let you know that there is danger in the water. But at that point, you don't know, and then the kill happens so quickly that you're yep. kind of taken by surprise, and and then you get that great again. I'm going to reference Vertigo, but you get that great Vertigo shot with the zoom in of Brody's face, but like the camera's also pulling back, so like the background is um is, is sort of zooming out, and you're like Stephen, you absolute. Like you little devil, you, how could yeah. you do this to us? But also how could you be so good at making a, like a scene, like crafting a scene? <laughs> it's so rude, but it's so amazing.
2: <laughs> it is well, very how, rude. how often do, you know, maybe I haven't seen enough horror movies, but how How often do you see a little kid being killed in a, in a movie? Yeah. You know, and even, all- even, yeah. even horror yeah. movies, it's like, what are you doing? Dogs also- and kids are off limits. Well,
3: and the dog gets eaten, too. You don't, like, before the kid gets, Uh, before the kid gets attacked, there's the the, the guy that was throwing the, you know, the toy Uh, for his dog out of the water, and and, then you see him standing there calling his dog, and his dog's nowhere to be found. Oh, you know what happened to that dog.
0: It's also only 20, it's 20 minutes into the movie, which feels like, it feels like that you know, we have the opening kill, but then this is really like the first kill. It feels like it's too early for a first kill in this movie. It feels like we should still be building up and learning about our characters a little bit more. And instead, mm-hmm. Spielberg's like, uh-uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remind you. <laughs> I'm going to remind you that this shark is awful and yeah. we're going to we're going to kill off a dog and a child.
2: You know what? You- it's- <laughs> <laughs> it's watching so that movie when I was little. It, obviously, it did traumatize me, but seeing the little kid get eaten, I was like, oh, my God. Because the whole thing, I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. If I would have sat down for the very first time to watch this movie now, as soon as that scene happened, I would have turned it off. I'd be like, nope, nope, can't do it anymore. Yeah. I can't do this. I'm not watching this yeah. movie ever. And we actually, I went to see, Not, I'm not going away spoilers, but I went to see The Boogeyman with my sister last weekend. And there is a child death in it. And my sister looked at me. She's like, what? What is this? I was like, I don't know. (laughs) I didn't know that was going to happen. She was ready to get up and leave and she doesn't have kids. I was like, that's the same with Jaws. It's like, you see this happen. You're like, what is there's a whole beach full of older people that you could take out (laughs) why are you focusing on the poor little kid with his poor mother like it's just it's heartbreaking and that's again you're not just killing off the people you hate in this movie which is also a great horror movie when all the idiots get killed but you're Mm -hmm. killing off these innocent people and the poor little puppy and it's just oh it's so realistic and i hate it
0: and the scumbag mayor gets to live
2: right exactly and
3: is still the mayor in the second
2: movie. Um, same, same mayor? I, I think, yes. <laughs> he got reelected?
0: And he still wants <laughs> to keep the beaches open. Kids are dying. Kids and dogs. <sighs> and this guy is like, yeah, but the small businesses.
2: Oh, America.
3: <laughs> um, so well, before we move on from that scene, I, th- I think the horror just kind of continues as the people panic to get out of the water and- they're, you're just, like, shoving people, like, at, I think at one point, this, you know, old guy dumps two kids off of a floaty to steal it to try and, yeah.
1: mm-hmm. it.
3: and, you know, that sort of thing is happening everywhere. And there's old man knocked down and getting trampled on and it's, it's awful. But you it's, know that that's realistic.
2: It's survival that's, instinct, but it also is showing true character of what people yeah. do in a moment of panic and how they respond to it.
0: Yeah. No one tries to help the kid. Well the kid's gone.
2: No. Oh
3: god. And then yeah. the one poor mom just standing there frozen, screaming in terror, holding her little toddler. Yeah. Get out of the water.
1: Yeah.
0: Also just a great out. another great piece of directing in that scene, Stephen, is <laughs> is Brody at the edge of the water. Yeah. Yelling for everyone to get out. Like we know he's a hero, but sort of like what we understand from from movies and and uh, how we've sort of been taught to watch them is that a hero in that moment would most likely jump into the water to try to save people. But because Brody is so traumatized by his past, he's still just standing at the edge of the beach telling people to come in, which is like just a brilliant little piece of, of filmmaking uh, that's happening right there.
2: That's a good point. I didn't think of it like that. That's a good idea. Yeah, Yeah, I can see that. He's just at that edge. He's not ready to dive in and be a hero.
0: He really doesn't want to to get in the water. Yeah. I think for me, one of the most dreadful scenes is, I think it's after that attack, but it's when, I think it's on the actual 4th of July when the mayor is encouraging everyone to go in um, and we know that the shark is still out there and Brody doesn't let his son go into the water and he tells him to go play in the pond and then there's the false alarm with the kids who are messing around which is just a great little bit it's just, because it's hilarious yeah. yeah because of course that's going to happen of course, <laughs> of course there are course. going to be two jackasses <laughs> who th- would think it, it, it to be funny to to pretend to be a shark and uh-huh. i just i would love i would love if there was a scene of them when they get home and their mothers and their reactions like <laughs> like <laughs> oh, their moms were furious yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that scene in the pond when uh I forgot I forgot the son's name, but when the son is in there and My the goodness. younger son is there's something about the innocence of the younger son that makes that scene so much scarier, even though he's not in the water, every time it cuts to him, I get terrified. Like I think that the shark is going to somehow like Come walk on land and, and get the little kid. <laughs> But there's it, just something about like there's something about his face. I don't know. It makes it makes everything so much worse and so much more tense.
2: I think it's yeah, that was it. very purposeful. Make you wonder. I mean the fact yeah. that you're wondering if a shark can get on land or come out of the water and get that kid. Like <laughs> it could happen. Get out of with just go home.
3: Stay yeah. in your house. <laughs> it's not safe. We don't know what not magical powers pl- this evil shark has.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> it's capable of anything. Kill the kid is already. Limit. And a, we'll do and, a and a dog, and a dog, he'll do whatever. <laughs> it's ruthless. Yeah, and that poor guy. Yeah, poor random guy.
3: <laughs> um. <laughs> so the older the older brother is Michael, and the little one is Sean.
2: Oh, okay. and Sean's the one who dies in the revenge. <gasps> oh. Yep. No. He gets his arm bitten <laughs> off and then he <laughs> dies. I think he was poor a cop guy. too. I think he had become a cop as well.
0: He's so so cute in this um, first one.
2: Yeah, R.I.P. So in Jaws
3: 3D, (laughs) Dennis Quaid is playing Michael, the older.
2: Oh, God. What? Okay. (laughs) All right, Cousin Eddie. (laughs) That's sad. Wait, did you say Dennis Quaid? Oh, my God. I was thinking Randy Quaid. Thank God. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. I am not good with names today. Rob Schneider and Randy Quaid in a Jaws movie. Let's do it. (laughs)
3: brady quaid can be in the the quentin
1: tarantino
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah kill bruce kill bruce part one one other thing that i wanted to to circle back on uh i feel like i feel like we have to spend a a little bit of time here because of course is the music oh yeah is this where like is this like top three most iconic music cues in any movie like yeah. you hear that and you're immediately filled with dread.
2: Yes. I,
3: what would be higher on the list? Is
2: it? Is I mean, it yeah. I right? mean, you think think about movie scores and the most famous movie scores. And maybe it's just I, me, but sometimes I'll hear something and just be like, oh, that's from this movie. And then I'm like, no, 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 it's this. Oh, okay. Yeah. I knew, you know, I recognize it. But when you hear the Jaws mm-hmm. theme, you know exactly what movie that's from yeah exactly. Even if you've not seen Jaws, you know it's Jaws.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it it's weird because, like while rewatching this, the the entirety of the score is like okay, but mm-hmm. that one specific theme oh, that yeah. we all know, and I'm not gonna try to recreate it because I would <laughs> horribly butcher it. but that one <laughs> specific theme where you know that something is coming, where you know that the shark is coming. Yeah. That is some of the most iconic movie music ever made. I think the only things that are up there for me are, and I, we we spoke about it during uh, this episode, but I think it's Rocky, and I think it's Star Wars. Yeah. I think the opening Star Wars music is some of the best stuff ever. Rocky, gonna fly now. You like automatically know what scene that's from and you know like what to do like you just want to get up and punch something and then the jaws music that little that those what is it two notes you know yeah. that you know that you should be scared
2: yeah yeah yep
3: like even and if you're not in the water you're about to be eaten by a shark
2: you know what's yeah. gonna happen and and movies especially horror movies one of the things that i've disliked about horror movies lately is the use of scary m- music right before something scary happens because it gives away the scary part like i i know mm-hmm. it's coming now because you have the the really eerie ominous music happening and this kid's walking down a dark hallway of course something's about to jump out at him mm-hmm. but it's so effective in jaws because even it tells you the shark is nearby but you don't see it
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you don't know what's going to happen and it's to me that is scarier than anything that any other kind of horror Movie moment, music moment. I've seen since that movie. It just doesn't. Maybe and maybe Jaws spoiled me because Jaws mm-hmm. told me when the scary music starts to be I, scared.
1: No. Is Jaws yeah, the it,
3: one
2: that trained us? Jaws has trained us to understand that when the scary music starts, to right. hide under your blanket or you know whatever. <laughs> but now I'm so used to it. Now I know it's going to happen. I'm like, okay, I already know it's going to happen. <laughs> like you're giving it well, away now. Doesn't
0: really have any. It doesn't have any fake outs. And I think it's no. maybe it's more effective because I think it's only used like once or twice. So
2: Well maybe it's the not kids acting that, like a shark is a fake out, but it's oh, in, maybe. in a way.
0: But I don't yeah. Yeah, But then I'm immediately to the after that the
3: yeah. uh right after the kids do that, you know, that's when the the girl starts screaming that the shark is going into the pond. So
2: mm-hmm. oh, oh god. Yeah.
0: Like it's not overuse. If out. there were like five instances of that song playing in this movie, by the fifth time you'd be like, eh, I'm yeah. bored.
2: Oh yeah. They only use but it when they it's really only, yeah,
0: yeah. It's only used a few times. So it's that much more that much more. Did effective. John
2: this is gonna be a stupid movie question, but I'm not a huge Star Wars person. Did John Williams do the Star Wars theme?
0: Yeah. Yes. He's okay. Spielberg's guy.
2: It I mean, can you really think of any other composer? who has made as many iconic music scores as he has. I mean, there are a lot of great composers out there, but when you think of like Raiders, Star Wars, Mm -hmm. Jaws, Harry Potter, I mean, Oh, wow. John Williams, John Williams, John Williams, John Williams. Like, and I'm sure I'm missing plenty.
0: Jurassic Park.
2: Jurassic Park. Oh yeah. Jurassic Park has a great score. So is he, is he the goat of music composers? I think that's,
0: that's easy. At least yeah. in terms of, you know, I, I, I'm not uh, a musically inclined person, so I can't say if his if what he composes is like the most uh, the most artistic or whatever. But in terms of creating iconic,
2: memorable,
0: memorable songs that we all know, and you know, like you said, like you hear any of those and you know exactly which movie it is, and right. you, you know, you hear the Jaws music and you're like. And you know exactly how to feel. You're like, oh, my God, I'm scared. Uh, <laughs> it's so it's so good. It's um, terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, we've sort of jumped around back and forth between sort of the two halves of the movie. Um, one thing that I do think is interesting is that uh, I love that in the 70s, a movie like Jaws could be PG, despite the fact that you <laughs> see oh my a fully- God. A fully yes. severed leg, like it is, like very gruesome, yeah. and you see a <laughs> you you see a, a head floating around.
1: And I think in the beginning dies. you might <laughs> see,
0: yeah, <laughs> a see. kid dies, a dog dies. I think there are breasts in the beginning. There's a lot of gore. Yeah. There's a lot of blood. There's not a lot of cursing, which I guess is the one one thing. But yeah, PG. You think that's a kids' movie? They're yeah. sitting their kids down to watch Jaws. <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs>
2: The, the world has um, a lot more sensitivities today than it did in 1975. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we, we can't handle as much now. So we got to throw that into an R rating.
3: <laughs> I I find myself as in a, Ramona, I'm, I'm sure this is probably something you can relate to, but movies that I'm like, uh, let's see, what's the rating for this? When, when can I watch this with my kids? Yeah. Like no, no, they can't watch that. And then I look at when it came out, and I'm thinking, oh yeah, I probably watched that when I was seven. Uh
2: huh. (laughs) Yep. I watched Jaws when I was very young, very, very, very young. I saw Carrie when I was very, very. I was in second grade when I saw Carrie. So, (laughs) (laughs) not my parents. They were horror people. Like Mm -hmm. they watched horror movies when we were little, and it was I I saw Carrie. I saw Jaws. I saw The Exorcist when I was young. Um, oh, wow. you know, they would have to deal with the consequences of it, but I saw these movies, um,
0: yeah, when I was little and I, because of it.
2: I, I feel like I have more <laughs> appreciation for it now. <laughs> I was scared when I was young and, and I grew up loving horror and, you know, it's mostly my parents, which is very odd because I saw Jaws, Carrie and the Exorcist, but they wouldn't let me watch Scrooged until I was <laughs> much older. And I was like, Oh, there's something about this movie. And then when I w- I watched Scrooge for the first time, when I started dating my husband, I was 22. And I watched him and I'm like, what the hell? Like, why did you keep this from me? What was wrong with it? Um, and somebody said they probably curse in it, which is very telling about parenting sometimes. is when My kid can watch mm-hmm. a head being severed yeah. off, but if they say the F word or yep. they show any boobies, you know, it's, I don't know. It's yeah. very strange. I never asked them why, but. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was um, exposed to horror as a child, and I I don't know what kind of person that has made me today.
0: <laughs> I like your use of the word boobies. Boobies,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a funny. I have word. three. I have three kids, and I have my husband is still a child at heart, so I hear that yeah. word a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it 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 makes me giggle. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Jaws is missing some boobies.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, Maybe. it has the, you know, in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, but it's dark now. Boobies. They're there. Yeah,
0: yeah. they're there. That's, we needed Quint to, uh, you know, just... I don't know. <laughs>
2: so how about boobies? Hooper? Like, where are you going with that? <laughs> <laughs> we need Quint to what, exactly?
0: <laughs> Hoop, Hooper was an interesting character, huh?
2: Um, yes. He's kind of a dick, isn't he? I just I don't know. I mean, he's fine. Uh, Maybe I'm thinking of Hooper in the book. Hooper in the book was a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought Richard Dreyfuss was great in as mm-hmm. the character. Um, yeah. I I love the balance between those three men. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Their personalities, um their occupations, just how they go about you know, how they want to approach Finding the shark and what to do with it—it's mm-hmm. just I thought they all blended really well together. Yeah, you've uh, got. I think
3: I was going to say I think Hooper doesn't really. I mean, he's he, there some you know jackassy kind of moments, but they're followed by someone else not taking him seriously in regards to the fact that there's a giant shark that is mm-hmm. killing people. Yes, yeah, yeah, so I, so I feel can like kind of understand kind of it.
2: Yeah, yeah, you can understand it. That's true.
0: But it is interesting because you've kind of got the hooper you've got the uh the fancy i'll call him a sort of coastal elite kind of character he's all about his science and his books but he's never really gotten his hands dirty and you kind of see that when he when he finds the head he like shrieks and immediately swims (laughs) up to land and then you've got you've got quint who's been to hell and back and he's your your blue collar guy he's he's really he's street smart you know Uh he's uh he's experienced things with his own eyes with his own. Uh, with his own hands and everything, and then you have you have Brody, who sort of exists somewhere in between. I, I feel like he Brody is a very emotionally intelligent man, which is I feel like a something that wasn't very prevalent in movies in the seventies. A guy who is he's like really he's kind of quiet. He's sort of not outwardly inquisitive, but you can tell that he's really like soaking everything in. Before he yeah. like makes any decisions about about what's going on or or what he should be doing, which and, and yeah, so like you have the two who are to- total opposites, and then you have Brody as a perfect sort of bridge between the two.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, and I feel like there's kind of in line with what you're saying. There's several scenes, you know, when they figure out it's a shark, he's reading like he gets books about sharks mm-hmm. and is trying to. He's learning, uh, you know, learn about him and understand <laughs> what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 I like the emotionally intelligent uh, right. description. That's I feel like yeah. that's very, very good. Yeah. Even the way he interacts with his with his family, with like the the scene is like the most adorable scene where he's at the kitchen table or not at the dining room table with his son, and you know, there he, his son is mimicking all of his movements and yeah, um. I mean, you can tell like it's the, it was the scene, I think after he got slapped by the, the, the mom and he's obviously really not having a great day and, and, <laughs> yeah. but he's able to, you know, kind of come out of it and interact with this little boy and, and have a, just have a nice little moment.
2: Yeah. It's very humanizing. Not that he need a lot of humanizing, but it shows you that he's not cold to what happened. Like he's Mm -hmm. going through, he's going through it, and you know it. But he's still able to be there for his son, so it's. I love that moment.
0: He is a wonderfully human character, Mm -hmm. and again, it for a movie at this time and even sort of going forward, it's it's kind of refreshing to see a protagonist, a a male protagonist, a male protagonist in a otherwise like pretty dude heavy movie to be someone who is as human as he is someone who you know isn't just the the stoic guy who you know is able to to solve everything so quickly and or just like use brute strength to solve all of his problems like you can tell that he's he's a really human character and it's um it, it's yeah it's awesome to see
2: yeah yeah
0: well ladies i i don't have anything else in my um in my notes i don't know if you guys have any other topics on jaws that you want to get to before we start to wrap things up here in our season finale of the canon (laughs) and essentials movie watch list wow how about that
2: this this movie is not a movie like Jurassic park where if it's on i'll watch it I try to actively avoid this movie, um <laughs> because it scares me so much, and I'm not lying when I say like I have a major shark phobia because of this movie, and people who know me very well know that if they just text me a picture of a shark, I'll probably start crying like it's it it's a real wow. thing, and it yeah, mm-hmm. it's because of the after I saw this movie for the first time i I slept on my parents' floor. For several days, and they have a they had I mean, this might be uh, showing my age as well, but they had a waterbed, and <laughs> I would not get on this waterbed. I would not sleep on this waterbed because there could have been a shark in this waterbed. So <laughs> it was you know, it was one of those things that this movie just dug itself into my brain. And as an adult, obviously I know better, but if I go into the ocean, I go to knees or hips. I do not Mm -hmm. go past that, especially if I can't see in the water. Um, And I'm always looking at the horizon for something. And I think that's a testament to how scary this movie really is. Just the suspense, the, you know, the shark attacks, the ending. Yeah, they blow up the shark, but there's other sharks out there. It's not the only one. (laughs) It's not like this mutant monster that, you know, once they kill it, everyone's fine um Mm -hmm. obviously as we've seen because it had three three sequels (laughs) so but this movie even though like like i said i actively avoid having to watch it i don't watch it if i don't have to is it's still one of the best summer blockbuster movies and maybe movies of all time that i've ever seen like i can appreciate the Mm -hmm. master i don't want to say is it a masterpiece i don't know but i appreciate what it is for sure, and that's a testament to Steven Spielberg.
0: All praise to Spielberg.
2: Yes, <laughs> yes, yes.
0: RJ, any uh, final except thoughts for E.T. From you?
2: I hate ET. <gasps> Wait, what? What? What?
3: What? ET. ET terrifies me.
2: Oh, ET scares you. Yes, the the friendly little alien that just wants to get home is scary.
3: Terrifying. <laughs>
2: Oh my god, this is amazing! This we can unpack this. I feel like I need to like be your therapist. Let's talk <laughs> it's about a what whole happened to you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um. Yeah. I, I. really. I couldn't. I couldn't explain why, but he has always just scared the hell out of me.
2: Oh my! I'm scared yeah. by Bruce the shark, and you are scared by the extraterrestrial. Yeah. Okay. This is great. Um, Spielberg.
3: Spielberg. Okay, so the only other thing that I wanted to talk about is the the lines. They're just some amazing lines. And does this oh, movie yeah. feature the most epic, you know, movie line of all time? Am I wrong? Are there you might other be lines? What
0: right. w- what's the most epic one?
3: You're gonna need a bigger boat.
0: Oh. It might be the most epic.
3: I don't know. But there and, and the my other favorite one is, you know, smile you son of a
2: son of a boom <laughs> b-i-t-c-h yeah Try not. not you know her kids you don't know, know how to spell girl. yet yes <laughs> <laughs> those are um, my two those are two of my favorite lines in that movie as well
3: but i mean i think even
2: if you haven't seen jaws
3: surely you've heard someone say you're gonna need a bigger boat in some mm-hmm. context mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's
0: it's a great line because you can use it you know you're gonna need a bigger blank for, yeah. for anything oh yeah and, and you know
2: you say it though and people know what you're talking about
0: yeah unless they're um, a loser yeah. <laughs> sorry that was un- that was unnecessary
2: <laughs> <laughs> you better cut that you're gonna have people after you
3: <laughs> only the losers and that doesn't matter
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure if you're listening to this you're you're probably a fan of jaws so you know the line
3: <laughs> yes yes another good one is uh is is quince when he he's I can't remember exactly, but something about the taxidermy man. He's gonna have a heart attack when he sees what I bring him. Yeah, <laughs> like after they after they you know spot Jaws for the first time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yes. that's a great one.
3: Just, his delivery is like <laughs> it's like the only thing he says happily throughout the whole yeah. movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, smile, you son of a bitch is probably might be my favorite. Because yeah. you're just waiting, waiting for that shot. It's so good.
0: That is a wonderful uh catchphrase for for a kill. Yep. Uh the only yeah, the only thing I want to add is uh the scene or the, the shot where Brody's throwing the chum in the water and then yeah. you see the shark and he turns around and then it cuts to him like standing up straight is
1: yes. also oh.
0: one of the one of the best moments in in any movie that is just yep. absolutely delightful
2: you see that shot a lot when there are you know movie compilations of scene you know famous scenes throughout history or something it's him throwing That's the, the chum and that, that shark coming yeah. up and him turning back and standing real fast yeah um had a and had a maybe i'm wrong maybe i haven't seen enough of hitchcock's movies but it had that a very similar feel in terms of the shots that he made like you said earlier with the vertigo shot like mm-hmm. you can you can see some of that inspiration in Jaws.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Probably Spielberg's good friend Brian De Palma telling him just oh, make it more Hitchcockian.
2: Hitchcockian, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a pleasure. Happy Fourth of July week. Uh, hope everyone had a it's weird to wait until the end of the episode, but I hope everyone had a good Fourth of July. Even though we sort of poo-pooed the holiday at the beginning of the episode, but that's okay. As long as you weren't getting eaten by a shark, you had a better fourth of July than the kid whose name escapes me at the moment from from Alex. Jaws. Alex, poor Alex. You had a better you had a better Fourth of July than Alex. If you didn't spend it getting eaten by a shark, I think we covered it. I think we covered Jaws.
2: We did. It's so good.
0: So good. Before we say our final goodbyes for season one of the canon, we'll do one last recommendations. The listener, before we get into recommendations, I just want to say uh, a big heartfelt thank you uh, for sticking with our show through our growing pains, our ups and downs of, of season one. We promise season two will be a lot better. RJ Ramona, thank you guys for joining me on this last episode and for all other episodes that you have joined me on and might join me on in the future. It really has been a lot of fun. We're looking forward to, to more episodes of the Canon. You know, you can check out our entire backlog of, of episodes. If you haven't listened to them all already, Uh, we'll be, we'll be back in about six weeks with more movies. Uh, We're just going to give our production team a bit of a summer break so that they can go, be on holiday as the Brits say and you know <laughs> enjoy enjoy the summer uh the joke there is that we have no production team uh
2: <laughs> <It's> you. <laughs> you enjoy your summer
0: <laughs> it's just me um but yeah this has been this has been so wonderful I am uh, you, you might not be able to hear it in my voice but I am smiling from year to year sweet let's do yeah. recommendations how about it who Yay. wants to kick us off
2: RJ, you want to. Uh, go? want. Yeah, I can go so <laughs> Ramona can figure out her. I I, <laughs> I I got a third. I got a third, I think. Okay.
3: Well, I'm gonna start with a recommendation that's it's somewhat tongue in cheek, but there is a book that came out in, I wanna say the nineties. It the it is called Meg, a novel of deep terror.
2: Yes.
3: And it is not to I've never seen the movie. Meg and I don't think it's based on the book but um it's you know a scientist is in the Mariana Trench doing whatever research and somehow he stumbles upon megalodons still living down there in the deep and uh, accidentally helps you know makes it possible for them to get up to the surface or at least one of them um and and then can convince anybody that it actually happened and so there's just this you know massive megalodon Running around, eating boats and people and things. But it's, it was actually a fun book. I, I read it, I believe I was in high school. And it's not, uh, I would not say the height of literature,
2: but. Did yeah. you see the movie? Did you watch the movie? The Meg? I did not watch the movie. Okay.
0: That sounds like a fun read. A nice, light yeah. summer read. Yeah. Take it to the beach.
3: Um. <laughs> I would not read it at the beach,
2: but
3: (laughs) I also hate the beach. I actually think the worst part of the beach is not being afraid of the sharks. It is the sand that gets everywhere. But but that's just me.
0: Bringing the sand home. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's my first recommendation.
2: Awesome. Nice. Ramona, what do you have? I am recommending my first recommendation is Cujo. And this Mm -hmm. is either, you can either, you can read the book by Stephen King or you can watch the movie. They're both equally great. Uh, You know, a sweet St. Bernard gets rabies, attacks a mother and son um, on a very hot summer day, forcing them into their car for shelter with no way out. So uh, if you want a really happy ending, then watch the movie. And if you would like a very depressing ending, then read the book. So you get your choice.
0: Nice. You know. Choose your own adventure.
2: Um, yeah, it's a choose your own adventure of, of horror. So it's great. Um, I love the book and I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. It's always terrifying when a otherwise docile sweet animal turns violent and comes after you. And this dog kills a lot of people. <laughs> so it's also very suspenseful, which I, you know parallels to jaws so my first recommendation is cujo nice
3: and another movie where the dog dies
2: Uh yeah <laughs> but he was also crazy so i, I didn't feel so bad about
0: it <laughs> so it's not it's not as bad
2: no oh
3: it's
0: all like right. i am legend
2: oh Ooh. god you had to bring that up didn't you yikes oh gotta go hug my dogs after this
0: yeah everyone <laughs> hug their dogs yes all right on a lighter note <laughs> My first recommendation is I'm going to go with a place. So we're talking about Jaws, shark movie. Where can you go see sharks uh, that are not as scary at the aquarium? I'm doing it's so I'm I'm recommending the Sydney Aquarium in Sydney, Australia because I think that's one of the best, cool. if not the best, aquarium that I've ever been to. They have a room where uh, they have a shark room where you're like walking through a tunnel and the sharks swim over you. Um, And that's where like some of the bigger sharks are. But then there is another room where you're walking through same sort of like hallway tunnel thing. And uh, the aquarium glass is both above you and below you. So you're just like surrounded by fish and Mm -hmm. some of the fish are smaller sharks. It scared the crap out of me when I went, but it is also super cool I know that we don't have a lot of listeners who are in Australia or have ways to get to Australia. So, <laughs> as a sort of pairing with the with that recommendation, I will just say go to your local aquarium because aquariums are dope, and they sometimes are. you get to see sharks, and you know that the sharks aren't as scary when they are at the aquarium. They they don't uh, they're not as much of a danger. So, check out your aquarium. Why not?
2: It's a good idea. Not I love the as aquarium. much danger. Yeah. I
0: love aqu- that I'm that a big aquarium guy. Yeah. Uh good aquariums all around the US. Mystic Connecticut, Great Aquarium, Baltimore has a wonderful aquarium, Charleston South Carolina, pretty good aquarium. I think that's all that I have for now. But yeah, that's those right. are I mean yeah. all on the East Coast but good aquariums.
3: I feel very inadequate about the number of aquariums I've been to now. <laughs>
0: don't don't I'm I've just a weirdo and I love <laughs> I love doing like every city I go to, I have to check to see if there's an aquarium because I'm a, a bit of an aquarium nerd.
3: That's awesome. I have the sh- the one in Chicago is pretty awesome.
0: Oh, nice. I have to check that out. Sweet, RJ. What's your next recommendation?
3: All right, my next recommendation is in, uh, honor of Quint and his, uh, you know, naval experiences. Um, that is not about the USS Indianapolis but it is U-571
2: oh Oh, my goodness yeah remember that movie
3: Matthew McConaughey and you know a bunch of other people in a World War II submarine playing cat and mouse I guess you know in with a a German uh, their German counterparts in World War II and it is it's a very good movie
0: good choice remember
2: that movie yeah that's a I've good observation. Claustrophobic,
3: so it's Yeah,
2: yeah, submarine movies uh, give me the willies.
3: Yeah, it's a little little hard to watch for me, but it, it's just it's very good, so I make it
0: Wait, do. sorry, I missed that. Why is it hard to watch?
3: Oh, I'm kind of claustrophobic. Like oh. I it just it freaks me out the whole, yeah. you know, submarine. being in a metal tube hundreds of feet underwater and yeah. uh, you know, people shooting missiles at you.
0: Yeah, that's definitely um, not an ideal situation to be in.
2: No. Ugh.
0: Nice. Good pick. Uh, Ramona, what's your next recommendation?
2: So my next recommendation is a novel. Um, it's called The Deep by Nick Cutter. And to sum it up, it's there's a plague that is decimating the world, and it. I I won't go into the details of it because it's pretty gruesome, but (laughs) there is something at the several miles deep in the ocean that could potentially be a universal cure for this uh, plague. So Mm. basically there's a special research lab that's set up in about eight miles under the ocean to like figure out how to how to work this into a cure. And suddenly the scientists in this research lab go incommunicado and a few are sent down to figure out what has happened to them. And they come face to face with a very terrifying um, predator, so to speak. Hmm. I don't want to give it away. So it's, uh, it's pretty, it's gruesome. It's a little gory, but it's really good. It's, it's, it's suspenseful, I think, like Jaws and mm-hmm. uh, a better book than Jaws. Not a better, you know, movie, obviously. But I would recommend uh, The Deep by D- Nick Cutter. Nice. Yeah. That sounds good.
0: Yeah, it sounds really good. Also, probably not a beach read.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. I, I no. <laughs> I'm glad I read this like during the winter time, so I'm not yeah. thinking. I won't. I'll try not to think about it when I go to the the ocean.
0: Don't. Yeah, don't think about it there. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was gonna say I'm gonna go with something a little bit lighter, but I'm actually not going to. I'm gonna go with another <laughs> movie about guys on a boat who are experiencing some difficulties. What is it about the ocean that makes men go crazy? That it's not necessarily something that happens in this in the movie that I'm going to recommend, but it, it seems to be a theme. Like why why do people still go to sea? It seems like the only thing you're asking for is is insanity. But that's a weird it's
2: beautiful yeah. and death.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's death serene, and insanity. Yeah,
2: but it's also the unknown all around you. And nothing, you know, especially when you're out on the ocean, you don't see land. I mean, you're completely helpless to whatever is beneath you. So I think that would drive anybody crazy.
0: Yeah, that sounds horrible.
2: It does. It sounds awful.
0: Speaking of death, but not insanity. (laughs) My second recommendation is The Perfect Storm with uh, Matthew McConaughey and George Clooney. Just guys being dudes out at sea on a boat. And uh, yeah. Some not so great things happen, but it's a fun, fun little flick. I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember it being a, a lot of fun to watch.
2: I cried a lot during uh, that movie. Yeah, I've only seen yeah. it once, but oh, I, yeah, was, I've seen it once. Because that was, was enough. Yeah, very. Isn't that based on a true story? I, I think so. Yeah. So. Oh, God.
0: Yeah. Not fun.
2: No, but a good movie.
0: But a good movie. All right, maybe for our last round we'll have some uh, some happier recommendations. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, oh, let's wow.
3: un- RJ I optimism right there. <laughs>
0: RJ give us give us something good. Give us something good and okay. happy and and fun.
3: Um I could skip my turn if that's what you're <laughs> looking for, but I don't have that for you. I'm sorry. All right, um let's hear I, it actually, anyway. I, I went back and forth between Two ideas, and neither one of them was then very optimistic. Well, I guess maybe, but not the one I chose. So my last recommendation is a movie called Open Water. Oh God, um, which I I'm recommending, although I've only watched it once and was so horrified that I could never watch it again. Um, but so two di- and it and also based on a true story. Yep. Um, so two divers are you know they're on a. a on a diving trip and the boat leaves them behind and so they are just drifting in the ocean for a few days um and it it's so so almost or the most most of the movie is just them floating and you know being terrified and it's uh yeah that sounds pretty awful it's, it's it's absolutely as awful as as what I can imagine being lost at sea and just floating there is is like um, I saw the trailer
2: and I knew I was like, nope. <laughs> that might <laughs> nope. actually
0: be my worst nightmare.
2: It, yes. Yeah. Yes. Because I know, like you said, that was a true story and it's just horrifying going out with a bunch of people to dive and enjoy yourself and you come back up and everyone's gone. Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. Thank you. Big. No. no. Thank you.
2: Oh God.
0: Nice. Um.
3: Yeah. So there's your happy recommendation. Did you Did you
2: like the movie? I know you said you only saw it once, but did you enjoy it?
3: It was. I mean, it was a good movie. Yeah. It, it was very good. It was just rough. Yeah, it was just very Oof. rough to watch, and I can enjoy it and appreciate it, but I don't want to feel like that again. So.
0: Won't be watching um, again.
3: Will <sighs> not be watching it again. But I think it's it's worth a watch if you can if you can manage to get through it without you know having a panic attack. I would have yeah.
0: a
2: panic as soon as they surface. I'd have to turn it off. Be like, nope.
0: <laughs> Whew, that's uh, yeah, you got to be brave for that one. I'll well, give you an optimi- for-
2: I'll, I'll give you an optimistic recommendation. Oh, oh
0: please, job. we need it after so RJ right- scared the living crap out of us.
2: My third recommendation is arachnophobia. Oh,
3: come oh, on. Oh, no! No, 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 no. I'm
2: done. Come Nature on. photographer dying in Venezuela. Poisonous spiders coming back home with him in his coffin. And of course, you know, our our protagonist is a doctor who has arachnophobia. And of course, he's got to be the one to um, fight off this infestation of poisonous spiders. And I, I've only seen this movie a couple times, but I don't hate spiders as much as I think some other people do. Um, Mm -hmm. My sister has an insane spider phobia. Insane. Uh, But I've watched this movie and I love John Goodman and I like Jeff Daniels. And it's just, it's a fun, it's a fun horror slash comedy. So, So there's a little bit of an uplifting optimism because it's, it's, it can be gruesome and it's pretty nasty and, but it's funny. And I think it has an okay ending, so you know there is death, but it's still fun. So I would, I would say I'd go for arachnophobia if you want something other than sharks and the ocean. Sweet.
3: I am also pretty severely arachnophobic, and I'm oh. almost certain it's because of watching this movie.
2: Yeah. See, never- Jaws, Jaws got me that phobia, and I get it. Arachnophobia. I could see how that could trigger somebody.
0: Uh, um, sharks and I do- spiders. Would yes.
2: fun.
3: Yeah like if there was a shark spider movie
2: I'm sure there has been on think, Sci-Fi. Yeah,
0: Sharknado.
2: <laughs>
0: I'm not going to recommend Sharknado. I, I almost promise. did. I promise. <laughs> I promise. Um okay, for so I have like I have so many options. I don't know if I want to go with something like another sort of horror movie that's pulling from jaws or something shark related. I think we're going to go with one of my lighter ones. That is a little bit shark related. I'm going to end us with a pos- very, very positive, happy note. Uh, something that is friendly for the whole family. I'm going to go with finding Nemo because the shark <gasps> in finding Nemo is named after Bruce, the shark from jaws. Yay. Yes. That's
2: a That's great a recommendation really to end on. Love it. Who doesn't uh, love finding Nemo? I love finding Nemo.
3: Absolutely, Great that's an awesome.
0: Awesome I, I ex-
2: recommendation. Except, you know that scene where Bruce's eyes roll back. <laughs> like, no, I'm serious, man. That oh, gave he's... me problems. <laughs> oh no! My husband was like, "Are you serious?" I was like, "I can't watch it." Like, I can't.
0: I love, I love the, <laughs> turned... I love their meeting. I love that oh, it's like an, it's
2: so cute. The sharks and then he are gets having all,
0: their little a meeting. Not, yeah.
2: Yes. And then that's he gets all sharky. Ends...
0: Yeah. But it it's a it all it all ends well. So It
2: does. It's a great movie.
0: Wonderful movie. Very delightful. Um yes. All right. Let's do let's do a quick uh summary of our recommendations and then we can we can say our final bye-byes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll
1: bye byes. We'll go bye. same order.
2: <laughs> um I'll go first. I had Oh, my God. I forgot what I had for a second. Okay. I'm starting over. I had Cujo, the movie and or the book by Stephen King, The Deep, which is a novel by Nick Cutter, and the movie Arachnophobia.
3: I had Meg, a novel of deep terror, uh, the movie U-571, and the movie Open Water.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. I've got The Sydney Aquarium, the movie The Perfect Storm, and the lovely pixar film finding nemo rj ramona thank you thank you both again for for joining me for again this very special final episode of season one of the canon uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks with more canon episodes all of your favorite Screen Age wasteland contributors will be back to talk to me we'll have more friends from outside of the saw community joining us to talk about various different movies. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. You can't wait, but we will have to wait for a couple of weeks. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) It's fair, right? Yeah, it's fair. We all all need a break. (laughs) We all need a (laughs) bit of a break. Maybe, maybe people want a break from, from hearing from me and all my story (laughs) movie takes. I hope, I hope you both have a wonderful rest of the summer. I'm sure we'll be, you know, chatting throughout. Again, listener, if you're if you're missing us, you can always check out screenagewasteland.com for more content from RJ, Ramon, and myself, the triple Rs and <laughs> uh and all of our other saw contributors. A lot of fun stuff happening over there. Thank you for joining us. Ladies, any final words before we before we say bye-bye.
3: Uh, nope. I just want, uh, thanks for having me on again. It's been fun. I've enjoyed being part of the Spielberg crew.
0: Yes, the Spielberg crew. Triple R is doing Triple J's for Spielberg. <laughs> triple R is yeah. doing doing Double J's for Double S. <laughs> double J's for Double S.
2: <laughs> yep, it's been a blast. I've had a lot of fun talking about two movies that inspired me and horrified me in very different ways. So. It was great. I am looking forward to um, hopping on on another episode and having more fun.
0: Wonderful. Until next time we will I feel like every movie podcast signs off this way, but I'm going to say it anyway. Until next time, we will see you at the cinemas.